Fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 95 All come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. All come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. All that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah and as on the day at Massa, in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. Reading the Word First reading Deuteronomy chapter 18 The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more, or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet, like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet, who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speak in the name of other gods, or who presumes to speak in my name, a word that I have not commanded, the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. Second reading. First Corinthians chapter 7. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried woman and the virgin are anxious about the affairs of the Lord, so that they may be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to put any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. Gospel, Mark chapter 1 They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them 
as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirit, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Hearing the word, true authority. Today's readings focus on the theme of true authority, the words and deeds of Moses, Paul, and Jesus exhibits the God-given authority which they have received in order to speak the word of God fearlessly and act selflessly to accomplish the purpose of God in this world. The first reading focuses on the authoritative and prophetic words of Moses. As a chosen servant of the Lord, Moses speaks to the people about the three fundamental characteristics of a true prophet of God. First, God chooses the prophet from among the people and sends him or her to the people. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. Second, God empowers the prophet by the gift of his word. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet Finally, God speaks through the prophet, communicating the divine message and not his own personal thoughts and intuitions. Who shall speak to them everything that I command? As a result, the divine authority begs God's prophet, for he is chosen, empowered, and sent forth to communicate God's word. He is not a fortune teller, or a futurologist, but rather a mouthpiece of God, an interpreter of the signs of times, aging the people to honor and live by God's covenant. An authentic prophet, therefore, does not foretell, but foretells, projecting the message intended to guide the people's future. Yet, he must use the authority given to him or her in complete accord with God's purpose, lest he becomes a false prophet and incurs God's wrath. The author of the letter to the Corinthians, St. Paul, is undoubtedly one of the most authoritative figures in early Christianity due to his apostolic zeal, writing and teaching. Yet, the source of his authority lies not in his own efforts, but in the encounter with the risen Lord, who allowed him to understand his life and Jewish faith from the perspective of Jesus' resurrection. This experience 
transformed him into an ardent Christian, missionary. In today's passage, he continues his teaching on the unmarried and the widows, exhorting them to set right their life priorities in light of the approaching return of the risen Lord. Corinthians chapter 1 Considering this, he urges the believers not to be overwhelmed by the concerns and anxieties of this world, especially not to be anxious to enter into marriage. He knows that the vocation of both the married as well as the unmarried is to love. As a result, there is no place for self-centeredness in Christian life. An unmarried believer strives to please the Lord, so he or she remains undivided in the commitment to the Lord. In a similar way, the married believers reach out to their spouses with the same love, though the marriage places additional obligations on them. Consequently, they have a dual responsibility to please the Lord as well as to please their spouses. While pleasing the Lord and pleasing the spouses are not necessarily two conflicting and untainable goals, Paul advises single life as one that allows for the total focus on the Lord's affairs. This is not a demand or a command, but the advice of a well-meaning and concerned teacher, motivated by concern for his Christian's well-being. His authority and the matter flows from the experience of the risen Lord and his own wholehearted devotion to him. Like himself, he wants the Corinthians to make an unreserved offering of themselves and live in undivided devotion to the Lord. Today's gospel narrates the first public act of Jesus performed right after calling the first disciples, an exorcism he carried out in the synagogue at Capernaum. Prior to the miracle, Mark notes that Jesus taught with authority and the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Mark chapter 1. The witnesses expressed the same amazement after the miracle. People's amazement at Jesus' teaching and deeds dominates the entire passage and shows that they recognized the divine authority in his acts of teaching and exercising. The location of this miracle is significant. It took place in the synagogue. The word synagogue means simply congregation or gathering. At the time of Jesus, it was a place where the local Jewish community gathered for reading scriptures, study Sabbath prayers. Unlike the Jerusalem temple, which was the only place to offer sacrifices, synagogues were numerous. Their leaders were ordinary laymen, and they were a part of the daily life of the Jewish people everywhere. Jesus 
initiating his ministry in the synagogue shows that God has descended into the ordinary and daily life of his people. In the midst of this daily life, Jesus' divine authority would be manifested and confirmed. First, Jesus' authority is demonstrated by his teaching. Mark notes that, unlike the scribes, Jesus explained the scriptures with absolute authority and cited no other human authorities or experts. This means that he himself has the authority to teach about God and God's ways. The pericope does not suggest the content of the teaching. However, in the context of chapter 1 of Mark, it is implicit that Jesus taught the good news of the reign of God. This teaching was in contrast with that of other Jewish religious leaders who, because they lacked the true authority from God, had to rely on each other in interpreting the scriptures. Second, Jesus' authority was powerfully manifested through exorcism. He had the power to order the unclean spirit to leave a man who was thus liberated from bondage to evil. The unclean spirit, as it was dramatically expelled from a man, declared, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Ironically, this evil spirit confirmed who Jesus truly is. This act proves Jesus' divine authority as well as his messianic identity. By showing his power over demonic forces, Jesus demonstrated that God's kingdom has indeed arrived. Because, according to the Jewish thought, the coming of God's kingdom would spell out the destruction of the powers of evil, personified as demons and unclean spirits. Doing that, it becomes apparent that this is someone who acts with divine authority for the liberation of God's people and the establishment of God's reign in the world. In the readings of today, we recognize some essential characteristics of true authority. The author of Deuteronomy teaches that the prophet uses the authority given to him correctly when he or she acts in complete accordance with God's purposes, not seeking to convey his message or pursue his interests. St. Paul teaches with authority because of his experience of the risen Lord and his utter commitment to the cause of the gospel. His authority comes from his sincere 
and authentic concern. Finally, Jesus acts with divine authority, which is his own. Doing so, he shows the true purpose of authority. He uses it for the ordinary people, for their education and liberation, thus bringing God's rule to them. It is that use of authority by Jesus that makes the Christians rejoice and enables them to sing with the psalmist, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Listening to the Word of God The mark of a seal can be as small as a stamp on a piece of paper, and yet its effect is unimaginable. It gives an ordinary piece of paper a status of importance and accentuates the message it carries, thereby leaving a lasting effect on the addressee. Similarly, an ordinary person becomes extraordinary when God places on him or her the seal of divine authority and makes his or her words a vehicle to convey the word of God to the hearts of the people. In a world characterized by many ills and problems, there are many people who are asking fundamental and legitimate questions such as, Where is God? Does God love me? Is there any meaning to my life? It is fair to say that these questions require a response that is not just theoretical, but most importantly, experiential. To answer these questions, God raises up prophets and sends them to human beings. Prophets are, therefore, God's gifts to his people as their very presence is an efficacious reminder that God is near. A Christian is a prophet. In Christ we have been chosen and sent forth into the world as God's good news. We share not only in the priestly and kingly ministry of Jesus, but also his prophetic ministry, and carry a timeless message, which we deliver through the word and action. Broken hearts have been healed because someone spoke words that men. Some people have abandoned the thought of suicide because a follower of Christ spoke about the love of God to them. There are testimonies of students who felt their exams and felt that life had come to an end. But then a Christian friend or brother spoke words of hope to them, thereby opening a new window of success in their lives. The words of Christians are changing lives and making a difference in the personal world of many people. This is so because it is not their words, but the word of God, which is alive and active in their utterances. It is a contradiction to share in the prophetic ministry of Christ, and yet in our dealings and relationships with one another, speak words that do not come from God. When we insult, curse, gossip, and spread rumors about people, we cease to function as prophets, and our lives no longer become good news, but bad news.
when we use the authority we have received from God to manipulate or destroy others, we debase our prophetic presence. Our prophetic ministry as a Christians ought not to be limited to what we say, words, but also include what we do, actions. Jesus did not only speak, he also caused positive actions. In the synagogue, he spoke a powerful word and caused a powerful action to take place, exorcism. Similarly, we have been sent forth to speak and act. God sends us into situations where people have been held captive so that we may become God's instruments of deliverance to them. This entails taking concrete action to liberate God's people from the shackles that hold them in bondage. It is our prophetic ministry to fight against evil like human trafficking, abortion, corruption, drug abuse, sexual abuse, etc. God plants us in particular places on the earth for a reason. Whenever we set our eyes on any evil in society, we must remember that we have been placed there to carry out a prophetic mission. There is an Ashanti proverb which says, When you follow in the path of the Father, you learn to walk like Him. As followers of Christ, we are called upon to walk, talk, and behave like Christ. His divine authority was expressed during His public ministry through service. Similarly, it is in serving one another and responding to the legitimate needs of one another that the authority that God has bestowed on us comes alive. When you follow the path of your father, you learn to walk like him. Action Self-examination in what ways do I carry with me a prophetic presence? How, in the last week, have I made a wholesome difference in the life of another person? Can I identify in my encounters these last days any little light I may have brought into another person's life? Response to God I choose to activate my prophetic role as a Christian by spending quality time each day to listen to God in prayer and to act upon His Word. Response to your world As a group and or individual, we identify situations all around us that need the liberating word of God. Are there persons we know who need to hear a message of hope at this moment in their lives? How can we assist them? Eternal Father, you have put me into this world, and particularly where I live now, for a purpose. May my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, move me to save you by speaking forth your word with authority and bringing wholeness 
into the lives of those who walk in the valley of the shadow of death. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen.